resignation. <laughs> Another one. I can't believe it. Sam Jima. He resigned. He's gone. Have you seen the new uh, Ariana Grande music video? <laughs> Theresa May's definitely going, thank you, next. <laughs> after all these resignations. <laughs> oh, goodness. How many more? How many more? <laughs> the strong and stable for the many, not the few. Hello and welcome to Breakfast Means Breakfast with me, Salman. And I'm George. You can follow me at George Ayla. Please do. I've lost 30,000 followers. <laughs> and, and follow me at, at underscore Salman Anwar. I had to remember it there. Oh, indeed. Yeah. So I hope you enjoyed our... I hope you enjoyed our first podcast last week. We had uh, some listeners. Um, your nan? My nan is a fan. <laughs> that was poor, George. And this week we have a plan uh, to discuss many issues. Unlike the government. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, goodness. Oh, I like that. I'm a big fan of that. So what, what are we going to be talking about this week? This week, Salman. <laughs> oh goodness, it's gone off to a great start. This is um this is Oh, this, this is gonna be a lot of editing. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, there's been a lot happening since the um since our last podcast actually, with Brexit. There seems to be a shift in public mood towards May Steel, and I'm just wondering why this has been the case. Why do you think people are warming to May's deal? Bad deal. <laughs> there's a couple of reasons I, and it's, it's important to realize to remember that the public still find this a, a bad deal i think i think because the erg didn't actually propose an alternative mog came out 25 letters or, or something he had when he he thought he had 48 we've got 48 i promise you and then we just wait <laughs> and we waited and I, I, and I think people were kind of fed up of that. And I mentioned last week, um, board of Brexit, Jeremy Hunt saying people are bored of Brexit. Bob. Uh, Bob's. Um, I think that's broadly right. Um, people still don't like this deal. Um, but they just want want, it, want May to get on with it, want the government to get on with it. Right now, because we don't have a, we're not having a second referendum at the moment anyway, um, it's not really up to the people. It's up to Parliament and whether... I mean, the public may be uh, like turning towards the deal, but Parliament doesn't look likely. Well, I think it's the thing that... It, there was a poll done by Delta Poll which showed hypothetical free questions for a second referendum, which is one thing that's problematic anyway. There was a piece by uh, one of our lecturers, uh, Connolly, James yeah. Connolly. Yeah, that's really um, good, the New Statesman. The New Statesman. Um, it's really good. So basically about... The problem of the second referendum is trying to find out the question. So I believe May's deal would win against No Deal, but Remain would win against No Deal. No, 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 no. So what was it? Yeah. So May's deal would win against No Deal. Yeah. No. <sighs> no Deal would beat Remain, but Remain would beat May's deal, or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. So May's deal over No Deal. Yeah. Uh, remain over May's, May's deal. deal. And no deal over Remain. Exactly. And so that, took a, that took a while to get it, our head it around. And it, it's so, so confusing. So that's the problem with the second referendum is you can't decide the question, which is obviously very, very problematic. But I think a lot of people have got behind May's deal, not because they believe it's a good deal, but people are trying to win over this argument. It didn't help by Donald Tusk saying, 
um, you either have this deal or no deal or no Brexit. And I think like people are just saying, I oh, find it's fundamentally flawed that we're going to back it but yeah that's not the logic i mean that, I mean, that is that is made line as well isn't he's basically parroting exactly parroting wrong to do because as we know if the deal is voted down the government I mean, has uh, 21 days to come up with a statement to decide what to do next. i mean it's, it, to be fair it's in the eu's interest for this deal to be passed as well isn't it it um, is it is so. of course because they benefit from it it's a good deal for the <laughs> eu as i mean yeah. we, we've already hashed out why i think I mean, I I want any deal. I, I just want a deal. You want any deal. I think the country deserves better than a bad deal. A lot better than a bad deal. And a no deal is off the table and remaining is untenable. So, the Brexit deal. How many MPs do you think are going to vote against it, Salman? Well, I, I think the government are saying 50 would be... Uh, losing my 50 would be, uh, would be a good result. I mean... <laughs> Uh, considering how much she staked on this Brexit deal, current numbers look like it could, she could the government could lose by two hundred. Two hundred. I'm not sure how May survives that, how the government survives that, and I mean, Labour Labour signalled that they they will call a motion for no confidence in the government. Mm-hmm. Will there be a motion of confidence in Theresa May herself? I I just don't see how. I can see how the forty eight letters um, are reached if. She loses by over 200. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a lot tighter, uh, this vote, because I think over the next few days, these Tory rebels, brackets... They, they, well. I agree, and I think if we had 100, you could get down to 50. 200 just seems no, insurmountable. I, I honestly think, so last week we said 90, now maybe it's 200. 200, I, but that's including Labour, so oh, That's including Labour, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, there's going to be a lot of rebels, but I don't think they will rebel. I, I think they're, they're cowards. They're not going to put the country first. And um, oh, I, think, I think over the next week or so, she's going to go in hard with the TV debates. She's going to go hard with the media uh, story and everything. I mean, we will be talking about that. But she's going to be going in hard and she's going to pull out this false narrative of it's my deal, no deal, no Brexit, at least have the compromise. And I think a lot of Tory MPs will get on board. Because they don't have a backbone. They don't believe in the... I don't think they're going to put the country first or their constituents first. I'm, I'm really concerned. I, really concerned. I, it will be interesting to see how Tory MPs that have come out against it try and backpedal and vote for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's too late. Like, yeah, it's, it's going to be hard to, to explain to their associations and their constituents. Well, they'll face the accountability from them, but at the end of the day, I don't think they... They're going to do what they thought was best in their own personal interest. But I think the thing about Labour is only two MPs from the Labour Party have I told you, Caroline Flint. You were right, Caroline Flint. You, you're good at predictions, Caroline <laughs> Flint, uh, saying that she'll back the deal. And the other one is Ian Austin, who has oh. urged other Labour MPs to back the deal. I've got a thing. feeling their constituency Labour parties are not going to be happy with that. And I think there's going to be probably I mean, some backlash. To, I mean, to be fair, Caroline Flint has been pretty resolute on... On Brexit, hasn't she? She she she's part of this whole um, pro Brexit, but being for this deal, this, this specific deal, I'm really surprised. I'm really surprised about Ian Austin and Caroline Flint coming out for it. But I don't think many Labour MPs will follow. I agree. I, I think maybe five more others may follow with the deal. At, at a push. At well. a push, Is or it? or even I think Kate Hoey would probably prefer a No Deal to yeah. this deal. So I don't even know. But there's not going to be many Labour rebels. But the Tory rebels, I think, is going to go down and down and down. You're going to have a lot of backpedalling over the next few weeks. Well, I say in the next few weeks, for the next couple of days. 
and I think Theresa May is going to push it hard. And you know what? Fair play to her. Hopefully her campaigning may be more effective than it was in 2017. <laughs> Please, don't remind me. But she's campaigning, and I'm wondering why she's on the campaigning foot already, because she's going for it. Well, well, uh, Labour are saying they're, they're going to uh, bring a motion of confidence in the government after the, de- the defeat. I think Theresa May seems very, very confident and very relaxed about this whole situation, and you would have thought there would be a bit more pressure. And I, that's what I'm thinking. I think there's another thing going on here. Uh, one of my friends, Alex Hofton, actually uh, tweeted about it the other day, is that she's on election footing. She's ready for a general election, and I think her mood, in the sense of what she's doing with the deal, her media appearances, uh, the campaigning, and you know, all these things, I think she's on election footing, and I think she's... I think she's getting prepared for a general election. We talked a bit, I think, briefly about emotional confidence last week, but Labour Labour said they're going to put one down. The DUP could vote vote against the government and then not support Corbyn when he tries to form a government, and then we go into a general election. 14 days, if they can't form a government, then there's a snap election, which... But alternatively, she could be replaced within those 14 days, and uh, the government, the, the older government could try and form a new government, who will replace her? Who will replace her? I, like I said, I don't know any unifying figure. Who will replace her, which will fundamentally change the Brexit deal with approval from the EU within 14 days? And the DUP. And the DUP. Like, it's not going to happen. There is going to be a snap election. I, I'm confident in saying that. I'm not going to put a bet on it. But I'm you're your mouth is, <laughs> it's, it's the Brexit vote bells. And I feel the Tory rebels are going to surprise us. They're either going to stick to their word and put the country first, or they're going to—they're not going to have a backbone, and they're going to back Theresa May's deal. Well, there were even reports that some Brexiteers could vote against the government in a motion of confidence, wow. which would be, which would which would be incredible. I mean, I can't see how they can yeah. be Conservative MPs if they if they do that. Yeah, I, d- I don't think they will. I think they've got no, no, I don't think they will either. I mean, they could threaten it to to scare Theresa May. Oh yeah, the government, yeah. But, but again, um, when they when they say it's just—it's in, it's incredible that we're. <laughs> come to the situation something that will define our country for decades and uh, one thing I was thinking about earlier is that where actually it's interesting is the politics students former politics student myself um, we yeah you're a, his, you're a history, history student now, now yeah. that we'll be actually witnessing political history um, this is this is political history and you talk about like the Brexit is being threatening. Maybe they would actually have some credibility, and if they could get those they don't have any credibility. In, there's sixty of them in the ERG, aren't they? And they're saying, you know what, the letters are going in. Theresa May's going to be gone. They didn't get forty-eight letters. They didn't even get forty-eight. They are. They're just weak. They're weak. Weak. Uh, weak. 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 And I think um, it's one of those things. It's, it's one of those things. We are witnessing political history. Over the next few days, we will witness it. But I think what is happening next, motion of no confidence, no government's going to be formed, Theresa May's going to stay, and she's going to fight this election, and fingers crossed she loses. Fingers crossed. Just imagine I mean, that. If there is a general election, I can't... I mean, I don't know. How does that work, then? Because no Tory MP wants... I can't, I can't think of any... Realistically, any Tory MP that does want Theresa May to fight next general election even if they want her to stay as PM right now. They don't have an but, option. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's, in, that's incredible. I mean, days. how do you go into a general election with a PM no one wants? Well, that's the thing. I think she's just going to make it... She she has to make it about her again. She has to make it your choice between Theresa May and Jeremy Corbyn. 
And she's going to run exactly the same campaign. Oh, well, I don't think she'll run exactly the same campaign. I hope she runs exactly um, the same campaign. Labour started at 24% but, 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 and went to 40%. But even then... Imagine 16 the, points for Labour now. My word. But even then, the polls are incredibly close. Mm, and no. I'm worried that if we do have a general election, we just... Uh, either Labour, a minority government, or another Tory minority government, we're, we're still stuck in this uh, deadlock. I don't and know. So I, d- I, don't, I think politics is so unpredictable right now. I know, I agree. I, I think yeah. at the moment... I don't, we, I don't, it's I the wrong time to start this podcast and try and predict. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I, I, don't think, I don't think how... Theresa May's not a good campaigner, so I don't see how she can win. But she's still good. So I don't know. Corbyn is a good campaigner. I think he's got a good chance. But wait and see though. The vote is on December the 11th. If there's a motion of no confidence straight after, and that has passed, 14 days later, that's going to be December 25th. Christmas Day, we could have an election. <laughs> oh, God. Christmas Day, we could have an election announced for January or February. Oh, my goodness. What a gift that is. I know I said, like, Santa gifting uh, joyous presents last week with the Corbyn-led Labour government. Snap election on Christmas Day. Like, not on Christmas Day, but being announced on Christmas Day. Just imagine how fantastic that would be. But yeah, no, chaos in the United Kingdom, and there seems to be chaos across other European nations. Lovely uh, segue. I believe segue is a French word. It's also lovely. What do you segue. think of uh, President Macron then, uh, Sam? Um, be still my centrist heart. Daddy. <laughs> 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 we, need to, we need to edit out Daddy Macron <laughs> from the That's podcast. terrible, wouldn't it? I think we all um, saw it coming, though. I think we all I, saw well, it coming. I think there are a few things to dissect from this, and uh, admittedly, <coughs> neither of us are experts on France. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't even speak French, uh, any French at all. Bonjour. Bonjour. I can't even say croissant right. Quelle est la date de ton anniversaire? When is your birthday? I have no idea what you would say to me. That's all I know, to be fair. <laughs> but, um, so Macron did, he, he did promise a lot. What? What did he promise? He, he promised a substantial reform. Um, he delivered it. And maybe the French didn't like it too much. Yeah, <laughs> he did. I mean, he's, he's, um, he did parliamentary reforms, which basically cut the size of Parliament, giving I, I more mean, power, essentially. The thing about Macron is, is that I think we always saw it coming. Like, if the, if the choice is between this man, fundamentally flawed, bad politics, or a fascist, I think people are going to go for the, the lesser of two evils. And I think... When the French left reluctantly gave their vote to to Macron, they wouldn't. I mean, uh, I'd just like to, uh, to go down memory lane for a second, George. You you, you supported Macron at a, at a point. I, I remember well, against Le Pen. I I, I, rem- any, I remember I remember being would. being very happy that a banker was uh, on the road to becoming a, the French president. And you, better, you, you, you said, oh, no, he's one of our lefties. He's person, a, he's no, a, you know the person I was backing. You know the person I was backing. Benoit Hamon. Universal basic income. But you, you, socialist you, party. you, you for, a, so, for, a, for a couple of weeks, you were trying to claim him as one of yours. And now no one wants to claim him. So no one wants to claim him. What, what I used to think of him as, you know, he's a, used to be a member of the Socialist Party. At least he could be, he could, he could do some good. But then I learned more about him and just, he's just awful. He's a Thatcherite, essentially. And uh, oi, oi. it's just <laughs> good for you, but not good for, the, not good for the people in general. But the French left need to get their act together. So, I mean, I can only say I, from my I, point of view, and you can probably talk about the French right as well. Can I? The French left, they need to get their act together. Uh, they need to unify behind one candidate. Because last time it was between uh, Benoit Hamon and Jean-Luc Mélenchon, and they were actually equal at one point. I believe like 18, 17% approval ratings. And if they just 
But one would be you know, a lot more radical than the other, right? One's, yeah. If one stood aside and went, we're going to have one candidate we want to get to the second round because we're going to have a realistic chance of beating Macron or Le Pen, they would have won. They would have won. And it's just a shame because the French left need to get their act together. Right. Socialist Party polling at its lowest, I believe, in its history. 6% it got the presidential election. And that breaks my heart. It does. But they just but, need I to mean, find their radical roots. The, the, these protests... So I believe to get the, to the crux of the story is that he raised he's raising taxes on fuel mm. uh, in France, um, claiming in environmentalism is his reasoning. But one policy is not a panacea in itself. He hasn't been bold on public transport. He hasn't been bold on anything else. He hasn't been bold on the environment. France is obviously a signatory to the Paris Agreement, but the United States... <laughs> the Paris... <laughs> <Charles Horror. laughs> it was actually signed in their country. But no, it, 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 it's, it's not radical enough, and it's far from a perfect place. His rhetoric on the trade unions, his rhetoric on many, many issues I mean, is very problematic. I mean, one thing that, is, um, that we've seen for years is the French love a good protest. Um, trade unions in France protest like hell. Um, imagine if the, these trade unions came together... And when but, here is a but, president uh, for you us, ca- you can't you can't not condemn the the vi- senseless violence in Paris. I mean, you. I watched a video today of um, a group of protesters destroying a bus shelter. Mm. The rich don't travel by bus. <laughs> yeah, they're dis- they're destroying a city, causing reckless violence. And um, I don't think you can. You can I don't think you can condone uh, the, the senseless violence in Paris. I'm for peaceful protests, and um, yeah, I, I don't think violence is the way forward. Uh, I do think trade unions should get organised against Emmanuel Macron and I think we need to come together over the next few years, organise with a candidate to unite the left and to actually get a candidate on to the second round. I but mean, I'll tell you what, the take of the day from all of this is from comrade Pamela Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> and it's that uh, she tweeted uh, the answer, how this all came about. It came from, quote, it came from the rising tensions between the metropolitan elite and the rural poor between the politics represented by Macron and the 99% who are fed up with inequality, not only in France, but all over the world. It's an interesting time in Britain, in France, in Europe, in America, across the world, actually. It's just everything seems to be up in the air. And, if we're talking about Emmanuel Macron, we might as well talk about other failing centrists as well. United for Change uh, political party um, have now been established uh, in the electoral records. Thank you, Ben Gartside and Adam Payne, <laughs> for exposing uh, this. We're finding it out. Um, but United for Change are a new political party in the UK, and these uh, there's been a lot of hype around it for a long time. Uh, founded by a former Labour member. Um, is this the love film guy? Love film guy, uh, Simon Franks. Um, and uh, yeah, it's fifty million pound. Apparently, they've got funding. That's what's been reported. Um, so, do you think this party is going to be the biggest flop since Nick Clegg? Or <laughs> what do you think, Sam? What are you excited for this new centrist party? Or so I'm always interested in what centrism actually is. I think there's, there's a difference between centre ground and being centrist. And a lot of people are saying, for example, Macron, this big centrist. I figure, I, like you said, he, he has some Thatcherite ideas, actually. Um, and a lot of people, I don't think many people would associate Thatcherism with centrism. What I always find with centrist parties, and it'd be interesting to see whether United for Change go down this line, um, is what, is centrism just another, another centre-left party? 
or is it um, actually standing for the centre ground? I mean, it was interesting. I th- I'm not sure whether it was United for Change or another quote-unquote centrist party that were actually thinking, um, going about going a bit more UKP. Uh, was it was it United for Change? Yeah, United for Change. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is actually interesting because it, it could maybe fill a void with um, UKIP collapsing. Um, I think Nigel Farage trying to dissociate himself from UKIP with them trying to bring Tommy Robinson in. Um, whether we can actually have a, a party that fills fills a void in British politics, but centrism, as in electoral reform and Lord reform, isn't a vote winner and C- it never will be. I don't think centrism is is a thing. There's no coherent ideology yeah, exactly, behind it. Yeah. That's the thing with with the left. You've got the ideology of the labour movement, trade unions, and all this history with the right. You've got neoliberalism, and, you know, classical Toryism. Like you've got all these things which have history. Centrism is just things which are not on the left and on the right. There's no coherent ideology behind it. But the thing about United for Changes and the centrist party that could be, if it was mainstream British politics, there was a good analysis by Stephen Bush saying who would it impact the most. Now, I believe it was a third of Labour voters are not content with Jeremy Corbyn as Labour leader, but they would still vote Labour anyway. And there was 15% of conservative voters who are not happy with Theresa May who might be open to swing for another party. So what I'm thinking is, if this new party came along, I don't think it would eat that much into the Labour vote. I don't think it would be an SDP Mark II which destroyed the Labour Party and divided the left. I genuinely think that it could open divisions within the Conservative Party and actually take many of these Conservative voters. Because historically speaking, there has not been a centre-right a party yeah. to challenge the Conservatives. And I think for the first time in a very, very, very long time, I'm the left is united around this Labour Party as it is in its current form. I mean, form. Um, we saw how uh, UKIP ran David Cameron's skirt. And um, one thing that we always talk about Labour leavers, we never actually talk about Conservative Remainers, which are actually quite a substantial group. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the metropolitan areas we saw um, Tories get decimated in London. Um, whether they could actually see... Um, some Tory voters go to go to that that were remainers go to this new this new group. I think it would genuinely probably divide the Conservative Party more than the Labour Party, and uh, it all depends who leads it. Now, I think it all depends if it's led by has-been politicians like I, I don't know George Osborne or Nick Clegg or all these people. I don't know. I don't know who's going to join it. Well, Nick Clegg works for Facebook now, doesn't he? So he does work for Facebook. He's a busy man. He's um, watching your you're watching your watching what we do on Facebook. <laughs> watching Polar Express means at this tough time. But no, I think it's um, it's one of these things that... I, I think Stephen Bush's analysis is really good. And if it does eat into the Tory vote more than the Labour vote, then it will only benefit the Labour Party long term. But I, I don't know if it will last. I don't know if it will even be a thing, if it will get off the ground. They need big names to back it. They need names to back yeah. it. And I mean, it, I think the only way any... any um, centrist party can um, take, get off the ground is if they have substantial defections from from both parties um, or, or either party even uh, but I, I can't see that happening anytime soon um, we never know if, if we do have a uber Brexit um, lever uh, replace Theresa May we could easily see um, five, six Tory MPs leave which isn't enough but um, you never know there could be more I mean, but you um, say you, that you, I mean the, the, they've there's at least three that have pledged to leave the party if Boris or Morgan became leader. But you say that. I think when it actually comes to it, they won't uh, no, do it. No, no, no. no. I mean, I mean, because they said the same. I remember in 2015 very vividly. I remember the Newsnight program and everything. There was anonymous, like Labour MPs saying, Jeremy Corbyn becomes Labour leader. We've got a Marxist in charge. I can't break bread with Marxists, and I'm going to leave the party. 
they but, all but, stayed. But, but then, they all stayed. Every single one of them, right? Obviously, some MPs have defected now. You know, Tristan Hunt's no longer in Parliament. We've got someone else. I mean, I mean, there. I mean, but you're right. They're anonymous sources, but I mean. Anna Soubry's been on record, Hadi Allen's been on record saying they would leave the party. I think it's embarrassing. Uh, Dominic Grieve has said he could consider leaving the party. I mean, and these aren't just like, mm. these aren't just low-level MPs. Some, Dominic Grieve was the former Attorney General. Mm. I mean, I, I think I take him at his word. Um, I think I Dominic think Grieve's reputation has somewhat been a bit damaged now when he voted against his own amendment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. oh that, was, uh, that was amazing. But no, United for Change, if it does get off the ground... It'd be interesting to see who defects. I think there could be one or two Labour, and if they do go, quite frankly, they're going to be replaced. Yeah. There's going to be better candidates I mean, in place if they do leave. I mean, there's been one issue with Labour quote-unquote moderates is trying to leave the Labour Party. They don't have a clear vision themselves either. Mm. On, I mean, there, there are lots of things that unite Labour. What unites a, um, a Labour grouping that's split off from the main Labour Party? Uh, would there be a Blairite party? I mean... F- I mean, there was the likes of Frank Field that uh, they were thinking of joining it as well. Frank Field it, it doesn't align himself with with Blairism, I don't believe. So I mean, I th- what what I what what is the vision of uh, a breakaway from the Labour Party? So I, I mean, it's not it, for me. I'm not. No, I'm no, not, but, not, no, not no, no, wing of I agree, but, but no, I think it'll be interesting to see how who defects. Mm. Uh, well, if anyone defects, but how they actually form a coherent vision because how does. Chukramuna, for example, I'm not saying he's defecting, mm-hmm. don't sue me, Chukra. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how does Chukramuna and Anasubri, they have e- the EU, they, they're, they're joined to the hip on the EU, but other issues, I mean, bedroom tax, for example, mm. well, bedroom sub- <laughs> substitute. The bedroom tax, yeah. Um, ha- I mean, welfare uh, ch- changes. Yeah. Uh, how, do, how do they form a, uh, a coherent view on the Exactly. Those I think they're more ideologically close together than... Chuck, Chuck is probably closer to Anasuri than he's but to th- But that Jeremy doesn't mean Corbyn. anything in it itself. It doesn't mean does anything, it? of course not. But I suppose it's one of these things that the Labour MPs thinking of defecting, right? It, it reminds me of this Tony Benn quote to Roy Jenkins. It was on Question Time. It was the, one of the biggest public put-downs in history. And he said, this your, entire life, your entire life depends on the working class movement. You got into Parliament as a Labour member. Every office you held was because of Labour. And I think these MPs, even thinking about defecting, leaving the Labour Party to go somewhere else, when they wouldn't even be in that building, they wouldn't have political power, they wouldn't have those jobs. Their life I, is dependent I, on the working class movement and the Labour movement. And if they're thinking of leaving, you know what? Just leave. Just do it now, though. Get out of the way. I mean, I don't think that's a good enough argument. I mean, if you think... Your party. And I hope I hope we don't lose any Conservative MPs. Um, no matter I. who our leader is. But I, I I don't think if if an MP does feel like they need to leave the party because they don't trust the party, don't trust the leader, I don't think you should admonish them like that. I mean, uh the gang of four they sure they left um left the Labour Party and that meant they had um Thatcher again. Thatcher was elected. Um and the Labour Party got what, twenty 26 percent of the vote or whatever they got very low yeah um 28 i think yeah but but either way um that's not their responsibility um they, they didn't want a labor government either their life depended on the movement getting them into that place in the first place they wouldn't be there they wouldn't have yeah, but if, they, if, they, if, they, if they don't recognize that stand movement, down gracefully if they don't recognize that stand but down gracefully I, get I, another labor candidate in place stand don't d- i don't, I don't think I, I i think if but if they don't think the movement's good enough 
Why not? I, I, I don't see the point. Well, I don't think... I mean, well, the, 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 thirsty, but then, thirsty, but then salmon, you go salmon, salmon, Then salmon. you go down the route that Farage has said. Yeah. Um, Farage has admonished uh, UKIP right now and said, Jared Batten's bad. Mm-hmm. That argument says, oh, he shouldn't, he shouldn't criticise UKIP flowing with Tom Robinson. He should stand down gracefully. If you don't... If, you, if your party, yeah. you don't recognise it and you don't think it's good... Well, a uh, good party to be in government, well, then why, why shouldn't well, you? Well, I will say this. I don't think many MPs would defect, if any. No, I, 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 I don't, don't think agree. I, would. I agree. I, I, sorry, I agree I, with you. I know well. some have yeah. been flirting with the idea, but even just flirting with the idea, I just think is wrong. It's wrong to do that. It's right to criticise where you think the direction is going wrong, as the left did for decades. The left did for absolutely decades. I think, you know, I was, only, I was a member in 2014. That's, no, sorry, I, I joined in late 2013. I was on the left of the party, left of Ed Miliband, and, you know, we criticised the party. We were saying, look, do this, do this, do this. Like, be more bold. You know, actually introduce public ownership, be for a living wage, etc. Scrap tuition fees, all these things. But we stayed loyal but to the party. And, the le- and many I, in the left have stayed loyal for decades. I, I, I am as decades. loyal as they come to the party. Yeah. Um, would you ever leave your party? I, would, I, I mean, if who knows? Um, would, would you ever leave the Labour Party? I don't think so, no. Now, I... But, I mean, but hypotheticals and hypotheticals. I mean, yeah, it's true. If if uh, if a fascist took over the no, party, yeah, if Corbyn yeah. defected to the Conservative Party and became leader, did an Oswald move? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he ever would. God. But um, and uh, so I, I agree. I'm I'm I, I did distrust people that leave parties and hop on to another party straight away. But but uh, but if you if you fundamentally disagree with the party being ch- your party being charged of the country, like John Woodcock, for example, mm-hmm. said he'd never make. Um, he's an independent though. never make a Corbyn leader well sure he should be independent he, I don't see how you're a Labour member a Labour MP and say that it's just where he stand in the next general election because there will be a Labour th- candidate I don't, th- I don't there. think you should go quietly there's, there's going to be a Labour candidate there he's, he, he's, there's going to be a Labour candidate there he's going to stand there ultimately he's going to split the vote and let the Conservatives in which I don't think Woodcock wants and I don't think but I don't think he, but he, but obviously he doesn't want uh, the Labour Party to win either, but under Corbyn. So, yeah. so I, so I don't think, I don't think it's a clear moral issue as, as you paint it. But well, it's a interesting times. But you wouldn't have been a Labour um, MP without the Labour I mean, Party we, we there in the first place. We spent so much talking about United for Change, and we're going to see that they get half a point. In the <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think they're going to do very well. I think yeah. maybe. I mean, the the, the, our electoral system as well. For uh, the electoral system does not allow for third parties to do well. UKIP got three point eight eight million votes in 2015 and one MP in Claxton who is no longer a UKIP. We have we have more questions this week. We do. So we had we had to have had a fair few questions this week that I will just get Salmon's struggling to get it off. I'm, <laughs> I'm editing this part. <laughs> so our first question from Liam Fallon at Liam C. Fallon is is no Brexit? <laughs> is no breakfast better than a bad breakfast? Which I think is a Brexit no, analogy. No, I think he's genuinely no, talking, he about actually talking about breakfast. I think it's really important to have three meals a day. Breakfast, don't skip it. What I do you have for breakfast, George? It all depends, actually. Um, this morning I had a bit of chicken. I'm not <laughs> right. So I had a bit of chicken. So people are going to find me strange to this, but Isn't so I've got, I've got a low carb diet. Sometimes for breakfast, working, I have working well, wings. working I have chi- well. I've chicken. Thank you very Worked much. Worked very well. Thank you very much. Um, I'm not hating on George, by the way. Just <laughs> <clarify>. <laughs> I had 
I have chicken wings sometimes for breakfast. And I think people are going to find me very odd for that. But People find you odd for many of the reasons, George. Don't worry. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What are you I had, I had scrambled eggs this morning. Scrambled eggs? Do you think no scrambled eggs is better than bad scrambled eggs? My scrambled eggs are always bad, George. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I think we've answered your question, Liam. Uh, don't always have three meals a day, including so, breakfast. Um, so we have another question at Gavin Animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, this appears to be a Gavin Williamson with Animals fan account. My goodness. Would Gavin Williamson be loved as PM as much as he is loved by Animals? I think Tarantula probably is not a big fan of him Cron- either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but like, it's an interesting thought that I remember when Gavin Williamson became Defence Secretary and this whole House of Cards yeah. narrative played out. I don't think anyone likes Gavin Williamson. No offence, Gavin Williamson, but I don't think anyone likes him. Just don't know much about him, apart um, the owner's a tarantula called Chrono. And he had an affair at a fireplace store. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Don't he's, from Sco- he's from Scarborough. That Sco- caught me off guard, that's why. <laughs> he's from Scarborough as well, so close by. Um, Scarborough, oh goodness. Bringing um, back memory. Scarbados 2016, he, never forget. He's not like a, <laughs> like a Oxbridge-educated... Um, he's not? He, Bradford University, I believe. Oh. Um, but... Um, he did tell Russia to shut up and go away. Yeah, I remember which I'm not that. sure is the wisest thing for the defence secretary to say. But oh, well, there we um, are. I'm not sure he has that many fans. Got no fans. Got no fans. <laughs> you want some? No. Um, Gavin Williamson. I, d- I don't know much about him. I don't think the country know much about him. Tranchula seems to like him. So yeah, that's a good endorsement. Put it on his Tinder bio, maybe. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> moving on from Gavin Williamson's Tinder, Ben Gartside at Ben Gartside, which cabinet minister slash shadow cabinet minister is most likely to have an alt that mainly retweets drill tweets? I'd say Barry Gardner and David Gore. <laughs> <laughs> Barry Whispering Barry definitely has an old Twitter account. For drill. For drill. Uh, maybe Drew was an MP, you never know. You never know, we don't know his identity. Who? Drew, Drew, Drew MP, oh, there is an account. Could be Theresa May. <laughs> Theresa May. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> so another question from Jack, Jack Haynes, at Jack Haynes 98 Who would win the boy who shaved Lib Dem into his head or the Twitter guru turned boxing expert? What does this mean? For those who don't know... I'm having a boxing match. Oh! I'm having a boxing match with um, this man called Jack Haynes who submitted the question. And um, we should be sorting a fight out soon. He just needs to sort out his medical. Rumble in the jungle. Rumble in the jungle. And we're hoping, we're hoping for a December bout because the medical still hasn't been sorted. Semester two, February, March time, maybe just before Brexit. I tell hey, you what, Brexit, doing, boxing for Brexit. There we are. Boxing for Brexit. And I tell you what, I'm looking forward to it. I've been training a lot. And I tell you what, in January, I'm going to be for it. And you better be ready as well. This is going to be a big fight. And when we have more details, we're going to we'll, li- we'll live stream it on Periscope. We'll live stream it. We'll have a special podcast. But I Facebook tell you what, live. I'm looking for this fight. Jack Haynes, get yourself organised. I set a date. I cannot wait for it. It's going to be good. And it's going to be for charity as well, hopefully. Nice. It's going to be for charity. I will decide the charity. All the details will be sorted. I'm going to get a date. Charity. Sorted. Salmon. Hope to see you there. Dressing <laughs> fancy as you are right now. <laughs> Very good. But no, I cannot wait. We're, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be good. And the last question of this week is um, by Alice at Alice Kavanagh. KGB. 
<laughs> Alice KGB, which I was having a Great Britain, of course. Couldn't mean anything else. <laughs> um, snog, marry, avoid. David Miliband, Tony Blair, or Hull Tab editor Christian Calgary, <laughs> which is very niche, but um, many people know Christian Calgary. Snog, so. marry, avoid. Uh, <laughs> what about you? What would you go so for? So I'd go with... I'd probably go with that order. Sorry, Christian. <laughs> David Miliband, Tony Blair, Christian. I think... I think we're all avoiding I Christian, think, right? I think David Miliband reminds me of Ed, so maybe Snog there. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he, he is a, a daddy and a half. I've got a... <laughs> oh, no! Absolute dad. I think it's got to be Mary, um, Mary Christian then, and Tony Blair... Like most of the country, it doesn't right have now, to be happy. Avoid. It doesn't have to be a happy marriage. Happy marriage. It doesn't have to be a happy marriage. Oh God, would he last ten years though? I'm afraid, like sixty percent minus sixty percent approval ratings, I'd have to avoid Tony Blair. <laughs> like every demographic in the country, but there we are. You got no fans. Got no ground. You want some? I'll give it you. Because <laughs> I want to nationalise something every week. Wouldn't it be wonderful? It's time to bring back our most popular seg segment of the week. Very popular indeed. It's Nationalisation of the Week. Hey. So, Dennis, hey. so Dennis, you know, at 2018 Labour conference, he said he wanted to nationalise one thing a week. What is the one thing you would nationalise this week, Salman Amwar? Automatic doors. <laughs> <laughs> that, that don't open when you walk up to them. They have a button. And they call themselves automatic. What happened to automation? Where is AI <laughs> sorting this out? Ben Wahamon. So, I mean, just to clarify, George likes nationalisation. I despise it. So I'm going to, I'm going to say something I, I dislike and George is going to say something he, he likes. So um, you want to nationalise an industry to destroy it and by your logic and by my logic, I want to save an industry which could be saved and could benefit but the people as a whole. But automatic doors... I mean, what's the point of them? If if you if they call themselves automatic, I'm going to go to the advertising standards agency <laughs> for that because if you call yourself automatic, that means you don't have to do anything. You mm. should go up to it, boom. No boom. You have to press a button. Terrible, isn't it? Terrible. It's Semi-automatic door. Semi-automatic. <laughs> yeah, <Banned> semi-automatic <laughs> rifles and doors. <laughs> I think that's good. I think bringing them under public ownership could solve that, maybe. But for me, for me, I went on a date recently to Nando's. Oi, oi. To Nando's, very fancy place to go. Um, and you can't go wrong there. I love the chicken. I think it's phenomenal. There was a problem with the fryer. Problem we couldn't actually get chips. But the problem that's, is that's what nationalisation does to you. Well, well, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, they told us the chips were not available. And when we were ordering food, some people's plates had chips on them. So we were lied to by the staff. And this is the failure of capitalism's worst. But I'll tell you the thing about Nando's, which disappoints me, is it is, does taste delicious, but it's unaffordable for a lot of people. And I think state subsidies towards butterfly burgers would make things a lot better. So publicly owned Nando's, the people's Nando's, state subsidy of these burgers, make it cheaper and affordable for all. That's what I want to see. I'm going to say something slightly controversial. Mm -hmm. I don't think Nando's is that good. Well, you're probably like a lemon and a herb person. I'm, I'm a medium. Leave me alone. <laughs>
<laughs> Why don't you like Nando's? It's just mediocre chicken at an expensive price. Ponzi chicken. <laughs> expensive. It's just not worth it. You don't think it's worth it? No. I love my bus fly burger. I don't have carbs that often, but I thought... It's worth it. Worth it for Nando's. I've really worked it. I worked bloody hard last week in the, in, the, in the gym, so I thought, you know, I'll treat myself to a butterfly burger. It was divine. Would have been better with chips. But again, <laughs> capitalism fails me again. No, there that's we nice. are. Nationalised Nando's. Nationalised Nando's. Nationalised semi-automatic doors. <laughs> semi-automatic doors. <laughs> I'm all for that. But um, that's your podcast for this week. Um, uh, boo. Boo. Are we coming back soon? <laughs> <laughs> we will. Um, so we record this on the Monday. This will be in hopefully in your on your podcast apps uh, for Tuesday morning. A long night ahead of me. <laughs> Not for shit. me. I get to rest so nicely. Um, but so, um, if you've got any questions again, just at BMB Pod. That's BMB, not BNP. That's Bravo, Mike Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, my at is at underscore Salmon Animal. Mine is at George Aylert. And I uh, hope you join us again next week. So, find us on Apple Podcast, Acast, and Spotify. And uh, see you again next week. See you. That was breakfast. Means breakfast. Bye. Bye. Jay Johnson. Thank you. Dominic Rob. Thank you. Esther McVeigh. Thank you. Sam Jima. Thank you.